to the Bedpost Podcast. I, of course, I'm your host, Aaron Pym, and what I like to do here on the pod is finding fun and sexy guests, bringing them into the studio, having in-depth conversations about sex and sexuality. Today, I'm super excited. Uh, this is a guest. Um, this is a person that is a new on the Sonar Network, um, and like just with the topics of their podcast, I think we're going to have a really awesome, cool, enlightening conversation, um, and also like uh, one that I think a lot of folks listening will relate to. Um, so, I mean, without further ado, please welcome the host of Belief It or Not, Trevor. Hey, Trevor. Hey, how's it going? Going pretty good. How are you? Great. I'm doing awesome. Um, yeah. Your podcast is like blowing up. Your YouTube specifically is like nuts. Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's been a whirlwind of a year. It's been pretty great. When did you start it? Well, I, I mean, I started the podcast three years ago. Yeah. Um, started doing YouTube stuff about a year ago. And um, it, yeah, it took off kind of starting in January. Um, nice, nice. Yeah. What do you think people are uh, like connecting with or identifying with? Well, I talk a lot about like um, deconstructing from religion. And I think um, a lot of people who are questioning their faith or like at once question their faith and or, you know, have you know doubts things like that um i think people are really connecting to that and then also people who are religious and just want to know about you know the people who are no longer religious and and get their kind of perspective yeah so and i feel like a lot of folks probably as well this is my story so i'm just going to project this right onto is is that i was i did grow up uh, going to catholic school going to church all the time i did i wasn't uh, a part of like a super religious household but i was exposed to it so much and it really um informed the my like sexuality path um mm-hmm. definitely so i don't know that maybe that could be a, a slice of the pie as well of people that are listening to you yeah for sure and we talk a lot about like yeah purity culture and just the way the church and um religion kind of treats sexuality and it's um yeah it can be pretty pretty depressing <laughs> to see what it can <laughs> do to people and um it certainly pretty... develops some interesting kinks i will say that yeah uh... <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> Like, in the dungeon that I work at, there's fully just a confessional. <laughs> yeah. Like, like a silicone rosary beads made for insertion. So yeah. there's that. Um, <laughs> but, no, it's funny. Uh, good for you, on the YouTube. No, it's funny. Like, my for me, I've had the opposite thing where, like, the podcast is blown up, but the YouTube is not fucking going anywhere. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> doing nothing it's it's so funny what hits and like when it hits it's it's a it's yeah the algorithm gods or whatever it is whoever makes this stuff happen yeah Yeah. same with like my uh my work twitter like my sex work twitter blow blew up my instagram nothing (laughs) like i I don't know what's the what's the fucking science behind this who knows yeah who knows Um, but uh, do you, so what's like the format of your pod? If you, if you don't mind, are you like talking to people about their experiences or is it topic based each week or what's going on? Yeah, it's topic based each week. So I sit down with my buddy Damien okay. and, um, so I grew up very religious. He did not. Okay. So we're both, um, non-religious now, but he has no like history in the church. So what I'll do is I'll pick a topic, do do some research, and then I tell him about it, and um, he's usually shocked and <laughs> horrified. <laughs> yeah, so. I usually have fun with guests that, like, are not, uh, you know, super exposed to, like, sex positivity culture or sex work culture or something, just have them on and just have them react to all the shit yeah. I'm saying. 
<laughs> it creates a pretty fun dynamic. Uh, yeah, it really does. <laughs> so, okay, let's maybe let's maybe start by like talking about your story, like by growing up religious, having a religious background. Uh, what did that look like for you growing up? Yeah, so I grew up in a in a very like evangelical okay. kind of. Um, oh, what's the best way to describe it? Like white bread Christianity. And, um, and then, so my family was very religious. And then I, you know, when it came time to pick in a career, I decided I was going to be a youth pastor. So I went to Bible college for that. And then I was a youth pastor for a couple of years. And then, um, I realized that that was not for me. And then, so I quit and tried to pursue like film and comedy and things like that. And then through <laughs> some of that, I kind of walked away from my beliefs and, you know, questioned things and, and all that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's kind of in a nutshell. <laughs> what like informed your decision to go into um, becoming a youth pastor? <laughs> I was um, at camp, at summer camp when I was 14 years old. And um, Christian camps are really good at like emotionally... Uh, I don't want to say um, abusing you, but at least emotionally, like, <laughs> but like not not that. Yeah, <laughs> and it was the volunteers were all there to promote their youth ministry program, and so I was convinced through things they said that God was calling me to to go into youth ministry, and that became my calling for the next you know decade. Interesting. So. Yeah, I also went to, it's funny, like, just how the nuances of, you know, how different religions do it and, and, and in what way, like, because I went to, I went to camp every summer for, like, for when I was a kid, so maybe, like, six years straight or something like this, um, and it was a Catholic camp as well, but it wasn't, like, I don't know if it was, like, you know, this kind of recruiting forward um, approach. We for sure had mass, like, a couple times a day. We for sure, you know, like prayed before meals all together and stuff like that. But other than that, I guess it was mostly seeming just like regular camp activities. Like, but like, you know, songs we'd sing around the campfire would be all like, you know, religious type slanted Mm -hmm. songs and stuff like that. Like, but for the most part, it seemed like, um, you know, like I didn't feel, I didn't feel like I wanted to. I don't know. I didn't feel super influenced, like, to uh, follow religion any further throughout that. So it's just, that's just kind of interesting. I have a huge summer camp background as well. Um, but that, yeah. but that was my experience. So uh, can you talk about, like, that um, that facet of religion specifically? Like, what what's evangelicalism in a so, nutshell? So, yeah, like, what's the situation? in a nutshell, so it's not, like, evangelicalism isn't, like, a denomination or, or a specific church. Yeah, it's more like um, kind of the way they approach religion and the way religion affects, you know, your how you view politics and how you view the world around you and stuff like that. So it's much more like, um, yeah, we're we're trying to change the world around us. And we're trying to mm-hmm. affect politics and we're trying to make sure that everybody we ever meet will become a Christian. And it's it's very mm-hmm. much like an outward kind of we're here to to convert the world and we're here to make the world have our ideals and beliefs and things like that so wow what um what is the take on sex what what are you taught as far as sex sexuality goes um yeah so like we would have um what we call sex nights at youth group which is really uh hot (laughs) really hot yeah no it was basically like don't do it (laughs) Uh, don't have sex. Uh, sexual thoughts were considered a sin because there's a verse in the Bible where Jesus says that if you looked at a woman with lust, um, then you've committed adultery. Wow. Um, so even thinking about having sex was wrong. Watching pornography was wrong. Everything. It's like until you're married, then you're not allowed to have sex. And then once you're married, you're only allowed to have sex with that one person. And of course, it has to be like... Um, the opposite sex. <laughs> and, yes. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And, and to have so a baby. Was, yeah. 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 Pretty much. Like um, our church wasn't necessarily against birth control, but it was still like when you're when you're married, you should probably plan on having kids pretty soon. Yeah, so yeah. it was. Yeah. Like we would. Yeah, we would have you know guest speakers, and it was like somebody in the youth group who who stumbled and had sex, and how God healed them from 
from that and made them a testimonial a virgin and yeah exactly wow so it was yeah it was it was pretty intense and then when i went to bible college to study to be youth pastor we'd have those same talks in our dorms with like um all the guys would get together and we'd have those same talks about you know avoiding being on the internet or when you're not around other people and things like that it was yeah pretty intense and pretty much like just don't do it yeah and, uh, wow yeah that that isn't that is that does seem intense like for me my Catholic schooling kind of sex education was like, it wasn't so explicitly overtly um, telling you what to do and what not to do. It was more just like ignoring the whole mm-hmm. thing. Like it was like the abstinence thing of like, it's like, well, if we just provide no information, then, you know, somehow that'll make them just not realize it's there or be curious about it or experiment with it. Like, I don't know the logic there, but yeah. um, <laughs> like literally I had like one in my whole grade school experience. So for me, I went to grade eight, you know, at a, at a Catholic school, um, one class, uh, like one hour long class, which was just someone, you know, the teacher flicked on a video or something um, of, of my whole career school career up to grade eight one class one hour um and then in high school you know what in high school I don't think we got anything so we got literally just nothing just nothing like so (laughs) yeah I I did a video recently about like how like purity (laughs) culture affects men and stuff and there was one clip where Basically, they're saying, like, in this video I was watching, that like, if you teach about sex, then that's the same as giving permission to have sex, so we just don't do it. Yes, And it's, yeah. that is the logic there. That it's was like, the logic, yeah. Yeah. Which is yeah, fucked. Yeah. <laughs> Obvi- I mean, obviously. But, like, yeah, for me, uh, for me, I, like, I had sex really early. I was, like, the ho- I was a very horny person. I remain a very hor- horny person. Um, I was being very authentically myself, apparently, (laughs) because very early I was just like, oh, no, I want to bang, like, constantly, Um, and just, like, everyone, Um, and, like, it's interesting, because, like, as much as we didn't have this overt education surrounding sex, there was definitely, like, this general miasma of, like, disapproval of, like you know, sexual acts, right, of any any kind of oh, alternative sure. uh, alternative sexual acts, certainly, but, like, also, you know, premarital sex. Like, I knew I wasn't supposed to be having sex. I wasn't supposed to be fooling around with people. And in high school, growing up, like, a, a um, Catholic high school, it was, like, people found out I was slutty, and then that gets around, and then suddenly I'm just a big slut and feeling super guilty about it. But mm. also, like... Just authentically being my slutty self. Yeah. <laughs> Man, yeah, that guilt can, that that's their key thing, too, is just yes. like, yeah, using that guilt to control you and using that guilt to to um, make you think that, that, oh, the guilt is God telling me not to do this, or the guilt is like, because I know it's wrong, and no, it's because you're told over and over again that it's yes. wrong, it's not because, yeah. Yeah. And then for me, I like had a couple years. It's kind of interesting. I haven't really examined it, examined it in this way in a while. But like after that kind of happened for me for a couple years in high school, then I actually decided, OK, I'm not going to have sex anymore. Um, and I had like, you know, a three year stint or something where I didn't have any sex or any, okay. any, anything. Um, yeah. And then didn't have sex again until I was like way late later in college okay so so it was kind of interesting how like the shame of that was like okay no i gotta get my life on track you know and clean up my whatever to get right with whomever like yeah 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 well it's funny for me because i'm asexual and Mm -hmm. so like for me like in in youth group they're like don't have sex and i'm like cool beans no problem yeah uh... interesting (laughs) interesting and then other people, are, they're like, they're having sex. And I'm like, no, they said not to. They said, you're not supposed to do that. Okay, what are you so doing? that's such an interesting experience then, like nuanced experience. Because, yeah, so when you're um, getting, like, all this information surrounding don't have sex, you're, you're like, thinking it's not, what were you thinking? You're, were you thinking it's not a big deal? Like, sure, whatever, like... Yeah, exactly. Like I was like, oh yeah, you found that's it no easy. Problem. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's so interesting. <laughs> yeah, and it was like 
And then as you grow up in the church and, you know, I get into my mid-20s, I get into my 30s, and people are like, why isn't, why aren't you dating? Why don't you have a wife yet? Why aren't you having kids? And I'm like, well, I was the good guy before and now I'm the bad guy. (laughs) (laughs) What do you want from me? (laughs) (laughs) How can I please you people? (laughs) Yeah. Oh wow! So that's super. So that's super interesting. Um, when when were you kind of aware uh, that you were that you identified as ace? Oh, very recently. Like oh, it yeah? was. It was one of those things where because it's more like demi uh, demisexual, like sure. demi romantic. Yeah. So yeah, it's sure, like sure. so because there was twice that I had feelings for somebody my mm-hmm. forty years on this planet that I thought I wasn't. I was like, oh no, I'm not asexual. I had I had a feelings for this these two people um you know 15 years ago so it's I'm like just really picky. and then i'm like yeah exactly yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then i'm like no wait a second and it was funny because somebody uh somebody was interested in me and and asked me out and i was like oh no i'm not interested thank you and i kind of said like oh yeah usually i'd have to be friends with somebody for a really long time before I develop feelings and they're like oh you're demisexual I'm like whatever <laughs> like no you're like, because I'm no. not interested in you no yeah. <laughs> god <laughs> How dare you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it felt like you know when you know somebody asks you out or whatever, and then uh, they're like, "Oh, oh, you're not interested. Must be gay." It just felt like that to me, where I'm like, mm, "Oh, they're probably dismissive. just dismissing it." Yeah, and and then I, the more I thought about it, and the more I looked into it, it's like, "Oh, yep." <laughs> yeah. Because so. were you, there wouldn't have been anywhere where you had been exposed to examples of that or, edu- or you know, education or information surrounding that to be able no. to see yourself there and be like, oh, that's me. That sounds like, you know, how I do relationships. No, not at all. Yeah. No, nothing. <laughs> yeah. Nothing. So, like, like just, I thought the, uh, like, being asexual meant, like, there's never, you're never like, oh, that's an attractive person or, or anything like that. I just thought it was like, I'm neutral. I'm. I see the world in black and white and I'm, you know, this boring thing. And so I was like, oh, no, that's not me. And uh, and then eventually it's like, no, that's that's totally me. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Did you um, do you um, how, how did you relate being ace and growing up super religious? Like, what's my question here? Um like for me, I feel like me um, having a lot of a lot of religion happening around me on a very consistent basis. I feel like that did kind of directly affect um, the way I related to my own body, the way I related to you know other people in sexuality scenarios. Like it, de- it directly. <laughs> developed like at, at least as a young adult influenced me did you find mm-hmm. like that influenced you in some way or have you thought about that yeah i think i think it definitely did in a lot of ways and uh, and like i said too there's a lot of pressure to to get married young and to start a family young in that yeah. world and the fact that it just wasn't happening for me and i didn't know why i didn't know why i wasn't like feeling a connection with anybody or um, I didn't get why people got into relationships so quickly. None of that made any sense to me. So then, then that affects my self-esteem and stuff as well. Cause I'm like, why am I this like shitty person or, or whatever? Yeah. I'm and, broken. Uh, Something's wrong with me, I yeah, guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It was that I'm broken kind of mentality. So yeah, I think that, it, yeah, it affected me quite a bit. And I think, and like I said, kind of too, is that, um, because we are told don't have sex till marriage, I didn't really think about it a lot because I just thought I was doing what I was supposed to do and you're supposed to avoid lustful thoughts and I'm like cool beans <laughs> yeah done so, check yeah, yeah. <laughs> top the glass as far as that goes yeah exactly uh, yeah <laughs> not to say that like you know asexuality is a result of of it's a, a trauma response or something like that I'm, I'm just curious mm-hmm. of your specific experience whether how how those two things kind of played together um as your sexuality was like developing as a young adult. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, it definitely affected. I'm not sure actually if I've figured out exactly how it's affected me, but Oh, it definitely has. So. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Do you still feel like, because I feel like we're around the, the same age, you said around 40, so me too. Yeah. I, do you feel like you still have um, reverberations of what you were taught about sex, like even now as an adult? Oh, yeah. Like residual, yeah. you know, like. Yeah, like residual guilt and like even residual like views where like something will pop up. I'm like, no, that's just my old, <laughs> my old brain. Um, yeah popping up here it's uh i can't think of any specific examples but i remember i was hanging out with a friend of mine who also grew up religious and they were saying that um giving reasons why you shouldn't live with someone before you're married and then realize like in the conversation that oh no this is just something i believed from before and it's stuck around for some reason like yeah. so it's yeah it's funny how things stick around like that because we're sponges you know young adults mm-hmm kids like sponges for information right so stuff you were taught when you're around that age like developmentally it's like that shit's just will stick with you and it oh i'm I'm kind of curious to ask you about the part of your life where you are starting to um maybe be exposed to other points of view um and maybe other be able to look at your childhood you know in this in this religious childhood kind of a little more objectively and i'm kind of curious Mm. about about that part of your life can you tell me kind of what that looked like for you yeah i mean it was such a slow process um that it's like yeah over probably five years of like just deconstructing and and questioning things and and then realizing that oh i i don't believe anymore but then you're kind of starting over and you're starting to build your point of view from there so um i don't know i was i was lucky enough that as i was deconstructing i had co-workers and started developing friendships with people who had a widely different experience (laughs) and um was able to you know for the first time ever i'm working with like a bunch of trans people and I'm working with like a bunch of uh, people with with different sexualities who are open about who they are and I was like able to hear their stories and realize that like what I was taught was so shitty and and uh, disgusting and start to kind of review my view on everything I guess (laughs) even though like when I was a Christian I would call myself like a a pro-LGBTQ christian like near the end anyway but Mm -hmm. um there was still i still had no idea what anything meant or what it was you know (laughs) like yeah if you don't know anyone that's like you know of different genders or different orientations it's it's like you it's very easy to just assume you know yeah, like just exactly. uh, make whatever, draw whatever assumptions you want to about those people when you when you actually haven't met anyone. I think I think that's a mm-hmm. huge thing about like representation, queer representation in media. It's because a lot of people have never met a trans person to their own knowledge. You know, have yeah. have never met a trans person, so they are informed by what is in movies. And mm-hmm. and TV surrounding trans people, that's literally their only reference point. So that's why, like, media represent, like, authentic media representation by by whatever marginalized community, um, like, it's it's written by them. It's their stories. It's not just like, you know, white straight cis het normative people writing a trans person. Yeah. Because that's yeah, literally that? all people know of some people, you know, and that's that's their information source. So if it's inaccurate, it's like that is really setting them on a wrong path as far as uh, getting to know people of like different uh, lifestyles, different experiences. Exactly. Yeah. Because that, that just reminded me of what I don't remember what it's called, but there's this Andy Warhol movie where um, his friend is like this beautiful trans model. And for the movie, they just put Jared Leto in a dress and like, there you go. That's cool. That's yeah. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, that, that representation. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very interesting. I, I've, I've, um, I've watched what's it called disclosure now three times all the way through, which is a, a great 
recent documentary that came out maybe last year, I want to say. Um, it's about trans representation in film and media and how the um, how that's the norm that that uh, cis men actors play trans women. Mm-hmm. That just reinforces this idea that trans women are just men dressing up as women. Yeah. Because that's literally exactly. how they cast trans women is that they're actually a yeah. cis man. <laughs> it's just just, yeah. <laughs> per- just pretending to be a woman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it just reinforces that, that harmful narrative about trans women. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if anybody, ha- if anybody hasn't watched that film, fuck, watch Disclo- Disclosure like yesterday. I think it's still oh, on okay. Netflix. Yeah. I'm on it. It's yeah. insane. Yeah, yeah. A thousand percent okay. would recommend Let's take a moment to talk about our lovely sponsors, shall we? First of all, Oasis Aqua Lounge is a water-themed sex club located right here in Toronto at 231 Mutual Street. Oasis is inclusive of all genders and orientations and is shame-free when it comes to pleasure and play. Check them out at their website, oasisaqualounge.com. ComeAsYouAre.com is a trans-owned, trans-operated sex shop that also happens to be feminist and anti-capitalist. They carry only the best sex toys and want to give you the best price possible. Next time, use the coupon code BEDPOST, that's B-E-D-P-O-S-T, when checking out at comeasyouare.com. Tell me about, like, uh, your, knowing a bit more about your story, like, was this a huge motivator for you to start the podcast and your YouTube page? Like, tell me about like why you wanted to start that and your intentions with uh, with doing that. Yeah, I I avoided because I started a comedy podcast first, and I avoided talking about religion uh, publicly for a while because I didn't want to um, insult my family or or things like that. And I was like, okay, well, I left it, but that doesn't mean I have to be outspoken against it or whatever. And then I just, you know, kept reading things and I kept like seeing different things about how harmful certain ideas were. And I realized, um, eventually that, well, first of all, I wanted to start another podcast that had a topic instead of just, you know, two guys talking yeah. so i was like what, what what am i passionate about and it's like uh, it's religion <laughs> so, <laughs> so eventually i just i was like yeah i have to do this and uh but like because i try not to say oh if you're if you believe in a god or you believe in the supernatural you're an idiot i try to just focus on this aspect of it is dangerous or or these teachings are dangerous and and like talk about what is dangerous as opposed to just a blanket um oh you're just worshiping your sky daddy kind of kind of atheism (laughs) that i i just can't stand so (laughs) i like sky Sky daddy by the way it's yeah Um, (laughs) yeah i I mean it's it's also kind of funny um my inspiration behind starting like a sex podcast was very much tied into actually my story with me growing up with a religious background like i wish i had positive examples of people Mm. living their best sex positive life you know Mm -hmm. doing it in a healthy way um and also just like you were saying being exposed to different people's stories um, different people's relationships with their own bodies and with sex and different jobs that people do. And like, mm-hmm. you know, all different topics, like sex ed- educators talking, like I literally just was fucking, you know, just going on the fly. Like I had literally no, no access to like information. And and by mm-hmm. information, I mean, just other perspectives that would have countered you know, this like religious perspective that I was dealing with so perpetually, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just like another, another idea in there, <laughs> like yeah, another, and I'm sure a different take <laughs> would have been I'm very sure helpful reach to out, me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure people reach out to you a lot about they do. like how it's helped and, and things like that. Like, that's what I've been finding too. It's just like the letters you get of like, Oh, nobody was talking about this and I'm so glad you are. And I think, you must experience that same thing too, where it's like, yeah, yeah 
just being exposed so to it is huge. Just yeah. hearing people talk mm-hmm. about it. It's normalizing it. You know, it's like, oh, it isn't bad. Lots of people are just talking about it very openly and confidently. Mm-hmm. And, and they're just doing their own thing. Like, you know, there's nothing bad about it. There's nothing wrong about it. There's nothing you should be afraid of, you know, to talk about it. Like, yeah. and just being exposed to that kind of open conversation is like, just so helpful to be like, oh, it's okay to talk about, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, actually, because like, I'm looking through your uh, YouTube and like, each video has like, fucking hundreds of comments of people basically saying exactly that. Like, like, what is your experience with, um, with that same thing of people approaching you and, and talking about their own stories and being like, oh, man, this podcast really helped me? Yeah, it's, it's insane. The like I, I thought when I started, I'd be able to reply to all the emails. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's been tough. Like I'll get like somebody just like write a whole page of their story and how the podcast and how the videos have affected them. And I'm like, just it's it's overwhelming sometimes. And like, it's uh, I mean, I love searching through and finding the angry comments, too. That's yeah, um... yeah, the trolls and the, all <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, oh, my God. I had a great comment on a video recently. It just said two ugly women. <laughs> <laughs> two ugly women. Oh, that's so Jesus. funny. <laughs> People are so crazy. <laughs> yeah, I had, because we did a, a live stream for the Sonar Network launch. Yes, yes, uh, I saw that. Oh, nice. And, like, some of the comments about my looks and stuff, because I never show my face, I'm like, okay, this is why I'm not showing my face anymore. Like, <laughs> <laughs> fucking trolls. God. Yeah. Get a job, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, some, yeah, there was one recently also that was like, I've never... I have never seen a personality that I have found so grating. Something like that. Oh my god! (laughs) Shots fired. Oh my god! Or or one was like one was like I've never seen someone so hot, but so such a repulsive personality. Oh my god! (laughs) And then I was like looking. I'm like, what the fuck video are they looking at? And then I looked, and I'm like, I do look hot in that video. Thank you. insane but like what um what are people um what what in general are there like different stories that people have or are they connecting on like a similar thing um like you know what i mean like do they do a lot of these have similar stories or yeah yeah different stories similar stories a lot of people say like they'll reach out and be like you and me had the exact same life (laughs) you know they they discovered after they left bible college or after they were in the ministry for a while and um or like yeah just oh you gave me permission to question this one area of my life or or like yeah like i did a video about how purity culture you know makes people can make people into abusers and like just people reaching out and be like yep that's that's been my experience and and things like that yeah so it's it's all over the place but a lot of yeah you gave me permission to to talk about this subject kind of thing that's awesome yeah i think i think if i'm thinking about like all the feedback i generally get it it's similar it's like listening to it yeah it it, exactly that like gave me permission to start my journey basically yeah like sex positive journey or whatever it is or my kink journey Mm -hmm. or or whatever but um i truly believe the power of words you know power of words um okay i'm very interested in this purity culture episode can we talk more about this what kind of what kind of things did you hit on in this episode well, yeah, so that one was, um, so I had done a podcast episode a while ago about how, um, basically how purity culture is dangerous and, and affects women. And, and so this video was was more focused on how it affects boys and men. And, but basically the idea that in the church, you're taught that the man is the leader. Okay. And you're taught that, uh, and it depends on the church too, but like, and then if if you do 
step into sexual sin with a woman, then it is your fault. Um, you were you were the one who was supposed to lead her, mm. and as well, they refuse to talk about consent because it's just no across the board. Like we said, even thinking about sex is bad. So you refuse to talk about like the idea of consent, and you and then you tell the boys that they're the leaders, and then um, you create this environment where, yeah like abuse can happen or you when you do cross a line it doesn't matter what line you cross so when you go you know to that point where you're it it becomes assault and it it's not um yeah so yeah i don't know just that that idea that like yeah you're you're setting these boys and these men up to be awful people because you're setting it up that all sex is bad but we're not going to talk about it and it uh, it doesn't matter that you have sexual desires. That's that's your problem, and you have to deal with that. And and so they don't know how to deal with that because everything's off limits. And and they're and not supposed it, to talk about it. It's bad to even yep. think about it or talk about it. And exactly. And then you create an environment where there's so much shame around it too that um, when abuse happens, both people are shamed, even though really it's one person's fault. Yeah. And and then you have this whole idea of forgiveness. So like I was saying too, like it's easier. Like the, a lot of churches are really quick to tell you you have to forgive somebody who like assaulted you. But then if you right. get if a woman gets pregnant, then there's rarely forgiveness, and a lot of times they're kicked out of the church. And so it's yeah, it's it's a one sided, disgusting mess that happens. Yeah, like not only is that just kind of removing any autonomy the woman has, um, yep. this idea that the the man's just supposed to you know take charge and lead and do whatever. It's like <laughs> and take responsibility. Like she has you know se- just setting up this idea that she has no responsibility to like you know mm-hmm. live her own life and make her own choices and all that, but. I I even see this as toxic as, like, on the positive side of enjoying sex. It's like, okay, men are... If if this is kind of what you're taught, then, okay, young men are taught that they're supposed to just know everything, essentially, and go in Mm -hmm. and just, you know... um, And that just sets you up for failure, even just for having pleasurable sex or being good at sex, because you're not talking about it. You're not supposed to think about it. So you're not like, you know, getting educated about any of this or, um, you know, doing any exploring as as far as sex goes. And you're just supposed to know what to do. Um, Like like you get married, for instance, right? When you're finally allowed to have sex and you're just supposed to, as a guy, know how to have sex, you know? And you yeah, fucking exactly. don't. Yeah. <laughs> so well, and, how, how's that supposed to, you know, create, set you up for success to have like a, a great sex life with your spouse, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Because like I knew so many people in Bible college who got married like when they're 19, 20 and um, they're just wow. thrown in there and they're supposed to figure it out. And of course they're all divorced now. <laughs> like, of course, like yeah. it didn't work out because nobody, nobody knew what they were doing. They were kids who wanted to have sex. And so they got married to have sex. Yeah. Woof. And, yeah. And then you're given no education on it and and I had one where like they would do premarital counseling counseling with the pastor and the pastor told them we're not going to talk about money and we're not going to talk about sex. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not even talk about money. Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> yeah. And how are these marriages supposed to be successful? That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. That's, it's kind of wild, you know, if, you know, to think about how, how dating happens in the, um, you know, in, in less conservative religion and and people, you know, you, you, how you know that you're compatible with someone is, is if you see if you're compatible with someone first, you know, so like, it's just wild to be, you know, to get married and not have talked about sex or had sex or money too it's like man we have to have like common ideas about money like if we're gonna create a family together like those are super important things to make sure you're on the same page about i'm like wondering like where oh uh, i guess i guess it is just nonsensical i was i was like trying to make sense of like okay how are they thinking this is supposed to set them up for success (laughs) like what are they what is their logic or or (laughs) there just is none I don't think there is any. It's like that whole idea that divorce is a sin, so just don't do that either. Oh, so man. Like... Yeah, like, not only... 
Yeah, not only are we going to set you up to fail, but also we're going to set you up that you cannot get out of it. Like, yeah. whoa. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, so. And, and then also create this incentive to get married really fast and young. Like the incentive mm-hmm. being you can have sex when you're, when you're married. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> when you think about it that way, it's like, it's oh, so wild. Yeah. <laughs> So how did you, um, okay, if you have like, you know, people in your, people, you know, your age maybe, or you've seen people kind of getting married young and stuff like that, how did you not do that? Like, why was your experience not that you're married now and, you know, maybe divorced at this point? Like, how did you not go on that path? Oh, I I think it's the ace thing. Like, I had no desire to, like, in, in, I remember in, um, my first year, everybody was girl crazy, like my first year at college. Yeah. And everybody's like, everybody was pairing up. And there was a couple of things where I'm like, oh, that's an attractive woman. I shall uh, I shall approach her. And then I'm like, you want to go for coffee? And she's like, no. I'm like, cool beans. And like, <laughs> Didn't want just... you anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Late. <laughs> and then when I did start dating more and more, and I was like, okay, I'm going to purposely, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go out and I'm going to go on dates. And I would, and I would hate the entire experience. And it was like, oh, just like, uh, there was nothing fun to me about dating. Like there was nothing Fair. in it that I enjoyed at all. Like, hey, um, do you want to? Can you drive me home? Oh, I took the bus. Oh, you don't have a car. Like I don't. Like those were like the conversations <laughs> I'd have, and I'm like, uh, like. <laughs> I mean, uh, dating, just dating in general, um, like not having a relationship, but like, like the beginning of just going on dates is like, yeah, even for non-ace people, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it sucks. It's yeah. by and large terrible. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I get it. <laughs> but like, that's interesting how like, um, you know, I'm sure a lot of people's stories are, despite, you know, having a different orientation, ha- uh, mm-hmm. just having such a the religion, having such a strong influence on you that you might get married anyway. You might date yeah. even though you hate it yeah. because you think you need to fit in that box. Was that was that ever uh, your experience trying to yeah. do that? I th- I honestly think if I didn't go off to college, like if I had stayed in my hometown, I'd yeah. be married with like five kids right now. Like I, yeah. I honestly think that like that's just kind of like you meet somebody at your church or you meet somebody at your work and you marry them and and that's that. Like it's that's just I, what you did. What you're supposed that's to just do. what you do. Yeah, and yeah, I I think about that a lot. How yeah, I'd probably just be married with a house in the middle of the country with you know an unfinished basement. Yeah. Like that'd be me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And not that you... there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> no, no, of course not. I mean, that kind of sounds lovely, actually. But um, <laughs> um, what do you think, like, where you are now, um, say, you know, 15-year-old, or I, I don't know when, what the timeline was for you, but even, like, 20-year-old you, what would they have thought to look at you now? I, I think about this a lot, actually. I think they'd be a little embarrassed embarrassed oh that's interesting (laughs) why embarrassed well i mean i'm um i think they think it was cool that i lived in toronto um (laughs) um, i'm preaching against what they believe i'm like that's my whole life now (laughs) and i'm a single guy who lives in a small apartment with a cat and <laughs> I love it. I personally think it's awesome. I love my life. But I think 20-year-old me would not have been impressed. <laughs> no, you don't think 20-year-old you would be like, ooh, deep down, I feel like that is really nice, actually. Or like... Yeah, I don't know. Because like I was so bought into what my yeah. life was supposed to look like in 20 years. Like I was supposed to be a big youth pastor or a big pastor at a church with like a nice house and a bunch of kids running around and I thought that's the way it was going to be. Yeah. So, yeah. Even at 20 years old? Yeah, I think at, at 20 I thought yeah, that was kind of the peak of when I thought that's what, what my life was going to look like. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so interested in how you made that change from knowing from having such a clear idea of your life path. 
to to just changing tracks. (laughs) Well, it's funny because it really did start with um, just realizing that I've always loved movies and I've always loved comedy. And then I I keep thinking, like, I'm writing plays and I'm writing, like, little stories and stuff like that. And meanwhile, I'm doing the job that I had been planning on doing all those years and realizing I hated it. Mm. My anxiety was too high to, to take care of 20 kids at a time. Mm. And, and I realized that like, I don't like this job. And, and then I started questioning kind of everything of like, I thought I had this path ahead of me and I hate this. <laughs> so <laughs> what do I do now? And then a friend asked me to help with their movie and I, I was like, okay, cool. So I joined the crew yeah. and, uh, and realized that um, I like this so much more, <laughs> even yeah. though it is also very hard and also very tedious. And I'm also, you know, in charge of 20, not kids, but... <laughs> but may as well be. Run, <laughs> Actors. Yeah. Uh. And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I still felt, you know, good about it. I still felt like this is something I wanted to do. So I realized that... Maybe I'm in the wrong uh, career. <laughs> so yeah, and it was that, and then everything else started to crumble around that as well. So, did you experience like a falling out with like your loved ones? Like I'm assuming that there are still religious people, you know, that uh, in your life. Um, yeah. Did you ever have to I like would... come out to them or like? just about that you're I'm sure you had to tell people you're leaving this track this career track yeah and it was it was a tough transition because um like my dad has since passed away but he he would introduce me as his youth pastor son or this is my son he's a pastor that's how he introduced me to everybody and then eventually I'm like um can you stop introducing me as that that's not who I am anymore and he's like, well, what do you want me to introduce you as? I'm like, how do you introduce my brothers? He's like, oh, I just say their name. I'm like, just do that. Well, like, here's an idea. Yeah. <laughs> just do that. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, that was tough. And that was a few hard conversations. I never really did fully come out to him. Um, but with my, I mean, my, um, my older sibling, they... Uh, you know, they came out way before I did and um, and then came out as non-binary and came out as bisexual and, and every Like, I respect them for how they, like, cleared Managed. a path for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cleared a path for you is right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I always apologize. And the, even with, like, the atheist <laughs> thing, the first thing I said to them was, Oh man, they're gonna hate you. <laughs> so I just assumed that they would think that it was like them converting me or deconverting me, but that's it was a different path, and I just came to the same conclusion. Yeah, so, yeah. and uh, but no, my family has actually been very supportive and very amazing about everything, and like surprisingly amazing. So that's amazing. But, that's I'm yeah. glad to hear that. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like me asking that question, I'm like, oh, this isn't like gonna bring up like a traumatic response or something for me because <laughs> I don't want you to re-experience that. But, and um, and the people who who would um, probably react, react negatively, I just you know they're more like extended family and right. also don't know how podcasts work, so I don't care. So whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Same with me. I'm like, as far as like. I mean, my extended family is religious, is much more religious than, like, our family was growing up. Like, our family is probably the least religious of all the, like, my mom has, like, six brothers and sisters, and all of their families are super religious. So, like, Mm -hmm. yeah, same thing with me, like, um, having a very visible, like, sex positive and sex work persona. It's like... You know, hopefully they just are not all on Twitter, or if they yeah. are, well, whatever. <laughs> then then they'll realize that, um, you know, when I was just a big slut in high school, that, you know, hey, I, 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 they, I don't think they would be surprised. Honestly, no one was surprised when I came out as a sex worker. Like, no one in my life that I actually told that to had any sort of surprise response, which... <laughs> Which is maybe maybe a bad thing, but hey, I knew what I, I know what I want. Exactly. <laughs> I knew what I wanted yeah. very early, apparently. Um, yeah. 
But no, it's very funny. My um, mom specifically is like my biggest fan. It's really very, very sweet. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. Like despite, you know, um, it not being her, you know, lifestyle of choice or even the lifestyle of choice that she would wish I had. Um, she, you know, wants me to be happy and, um, Mm. she, she, she's like at the point where she's like, nothing's going to shock me at this point. So, you know, talk to me about anything, which I think is a pretty fucking great relationship to have with your parent. Yeah, that's surrounding, you know, living an alternative lifestyle. Like I'm a kinky person. She knows that I'm a polyam person. She knows that I'm a pansexual person. She knows that I'm a sex worker. She knows that. And she's like, yeah, yeah. yeah." Like just opting in to having a daughter that is not the most, um, (laughs) doesn't live, isn't the straightest arrow. Uh. (laughs) That's fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But do you have, um, do you have people in your life now that are like, feel more like your people meeting you where you're at today? Like, do you feel... Do you have a community? Yeah. Do, you have, do you have friends and, and family that are embracing you as you are now, today? Oh, well, yeah, 100%. Yeah, my friends here in Toronto and even back home have been just fantastic and and amazing. And I found that, yeah, the group of like-minded people. Yes, that, <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, yeah, and having a, a sibling who's on the same page with everything has been really helpful, too. And then even just, like, <laughs> my little brother, he... Uh, you know, he'll hit me up with questions and it's, it's fantastic oh, to like, yeah, talk to him about like just open and honestly. And yeah, no, it's been, it's been really great. And it's just to be able to be open about what I believe, what I don't believe. And, and yeah, just, yeah, being my true self. It's, it's been fantastic. Yeah. What do you, um, how do you feel when you do see like the hateful comments, the haters, um, trolls, like, what is your process for like dealing with that? Or is it just not a big deal to you or does it bother you in some way or trigger anything or how, what's, how do you deal with stuff like that? Well, so we have uh, like a, a bi-monthly or twice a, every two weeks. Uh, we try to anyway with our Patreons, like a, a live stream and uh, <laughs> I'll usually screen cap some of the most insane ones and nice. then just talk about it with them. Uh, (laughs) yeah and it that's that's been really helpful and therapeutic but it's also like most of them i'm like yeah i i see where you're coming from i get where what path of christianity you're in right now Mm -hmm. and why you think that you have to go on some random youtube channel and and try to convert yeah (laughs) (laughs) but the amount of times i've been called demon possessed it's (laughs) it's insane And like people be like, um, oh, you say all this, but you you haven't disproved um, God or whatever. I'm like, that's not what I. I'm not do. looking to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I'm like, besides, like, does every sermon start with, okay, first of all, what we're gonna do is we're gonna prove that a God exists, and then I'll go into the sermon, or okay. do you assume it, and then you go into the sermon? Like, I'm just like, that's not what I do. That's not what the point is. So um, yeah, there's been times though. Like I remember because um, I. Like I was in sales up until recently, and which can be a very uh, tough on your self-esteem as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I was just having a bad day where, you know, rejection after rejection, and then like a couple of just angry customers and things like that. And, and then I'm like, oh, I'm going to check my comments. And then it was a comment about my looks on like a photo. Yeah. That, and it's like, Oh, well, that's ruined my day even more. Well, fuck. Yeah, I didn't have the space yeah. to deal with that. Why did I go searching in those comments again? Yep. Yeah, exactly. Why was that the activity I chose to do on that day? Yeah. 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 So it, it depends on where I'm at. I mean, anxiety has always been an issue for me, and self-esteem has always been an issue for me. So, like, yeah, yeah. when it's, like, on the wrong day, like, yep, that's going to affect It'll me affect a lot. you more. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, like, have gone to like there's specifically one documentary that i was a part of that got that went insanely viral um it probably has it's got like two million views or something like that and the comments are bonkers so anytime i like feel the need to like 
Like, I'll go to the page and just start scrolling and then stop myself and be like, no, (laughs) you don't want, you don't want to, you don't want to do that. Like, don't, don't do that to yourself. Like, why are (laughs) you here? What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm able to just like, I see one and then I'm like, oh, no, no, this is a bad idea. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. This is not something I should do. (laughs) (laughs) Especially like when you go from anything, whenever there's a comment on something you've been involved in, it's a friend saying, keep up the good work. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Random strangers on the internet. Like it's, it's a big adjustment sometimes where it's like, oh, somebody across the world has an opinion on me. (laughs) Yes. And it's like this thing of like, creating you know your you know your art or you know working on your craft like kind of in this little bubble right like so you know mostly it's like most people that follow me or listen to me are sex positive people and like yeah in general like it's all it's always positive stuff and you feel kind of like you know kind of protected and stuff like that so the odd time you get a troll you're like wait what there are people that like (laughs) just think i'm as you said like just like a possessed demon (laughs) like like what oh yeah it's like yeah, uh, those people could, are around too, and it's like reality check of like, oh yeah, I, I kind of do exist in this little lovely little sex positive bubble, don't I? Um, yeah. <laughs> but if I ever create media that's like has more mass appeal, like that video that has two hundred fucking two million views, yeah. um, it's like, oh yeah, I am really lucky that most of my followers on my stuff are like actually mm-hmm. into you know they're they're not just trolling yeah (laughs) very lucky very lucky and every once in a while somebody will put one of my videos into like a church facebook group or something like that oh dear and then everybody from that church comes on and comments and those are the oh (laughs) shit yeah yeah i mean i'm lucky that like the fans are there to to speak in for me like i don't have to argue with them yeah you don't have to mediate or yeah Yeah. they've got (laughs) they've got it they got this yeah (laughs) exactly but yeah it can be tough and uh (laughs) my sibling will sometimes message me like don't read the comments today (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 i dealt with it (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah it's funny there was like this like battle in the comments of one of my youtube videos that was very funny it was like some guy someone making just a stupid comment about vibrators and how they're unnatural or something and like all the sex educators like just just like flocked on this person just like mauled this person and uh, a, fr- a friend of mine was reading the comments and they're like "Ooh, i think you should jump in there like people are being pretty harsh to this guy i was like fuck no i'm like i'm not getting yeah. involved at all i'm not <laughs> <laughs> he no... made that bad <laughs> yeah and also i'm just like not i'm not gonna engage i just you yeah. know it's fine <laughs> <laughs> that reminded me it's a completely unrelated story but i feel like it would be appropriate here so like because i grew up with no sex education really <laughs> i remember being on the bus i was probably like 14 15 school bus on the way to school and somebody made a joke about one of the girls in our class masturbating and i loudly said girls can't masturbate <laughs> like, to the entire, like out loud to everybody in high school <laughs> <laughs> And my sibling looks at me like, Trevor, you need to shut up right now. <laughs> Just shut up. Yeah. Girls can't masturbate. How would that work? Tell us more, Trevor. Yep. Tell us what you know. <laughs> that is funny i have yeah people are just it's funny people's experiences like i literally was was fucking someone last night and they were like do you know what the it was a cis male and he's like do you know what the internal like diagram of clitoris looks like i'm like yeah i'm a sex educator and also a cis woman so yeah yeah i know what I'm and he's like because i felt like i could like feel the legs like the internal legs and it was really cool i'm like lovely um yeah. <laughs> like yes i've 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 heard about the clitoris yeah, yeah. um <laughs> 
<laughs> oh shit. Anyway, <laughs> um, we should be wrapping up, but I mean, we've teased it out long enough. I want you to tell people where they can check out your wildly successful YouTube page and also the podcast and anything else you want you want people to find and follow you about. Let me have it. Yeah, so uh, you can follow me at, it's usually Believe It or Not, I think that's on Twitter, and then there's also <laughs> Believe It or Not podcast, I couldn't get them on both, but that's Instagram, and then uh, Believe It or Not on YouTube um, is where you can find the videos, and then I'm on the Sonar Network with the podcast, and uh, yeah, those are all like the places. That's um, all the places, and, it, and we'll see the trolls, go read the comments, have a yeah. laugh. <laughs> Defense exactly. Trevor, you know, can yeah. throw your two cents in there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> awesome. Um, for me, folks, you should know where to follow me by, me by now, but I will let you know. Regardless, I'm at the Lady Pim one on Twitter. That's where I'm most active. On Instagram, we've got at the Lady Pim or at the Bedpost Podcast. There is a Patreon. It's at the Bedpost Show. There is a YouTube channel. It is the Bedpost Show. Um, and then, you know, last but not least, I like to thank the lady that does all the original music for my pod. It is Stephanie Copeland. And you can find out more about her work at stephcopelandmusic.ca. Trevor, one last huge thank you to you. Thank you so much for coming on. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. My absolute pleasure. And thank you everyone who's been listening. I hope you enjoyed this one. We'll see you next week with another fun person talking about sex and sexuality here on the Bedpost Podcast. Get fucked, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. 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 <laughs>